Hello, everyone. Kara Olker here, intuitive health coach and founder of Deep and Roots Health Coaching. I host my own podcast called Deep and Roots Podcast, and I do it all from Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it truly is the easiest way to make a podcast. And here's why. First off, it's free. Who doesn't love to be able to do things for free? And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. By the way, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Pretty sweet, eh? It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. I personally love using Anchor to record and upload my podcast episodes. I get to choose my own intro and outro music. In case you were wondering, it's Tropics in the Beats section. And it's very user-friendly for this millennial who can't technology at all. (laughs) It's one and done. Then I schedule my episodes to publish whenever I want them published. For me, I schedule to publish every Friday because... Who doesn't love Fridays? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello there. You are listening to the Deep and Roots podcast. My name is Carol Olker. I'm an intuitive health coach and the founder of Deep and Roots Health Coaching. Check out what I do and the services I offer on Facebook and Instagram under Deep and Roots Health Coaching. You can also join my Facebook, Reincarnated, called Busy Professionals Living with Gut Issues and Autoimmune Disease. Deep and Roots podcast has been created to give listeners an inside look into my health coaching business, specifically my one-on-one 90-day program, which helps my clients establish habits that serve them in developing intuition around their thoughts and gut health. I use science and logic, and I also use the power of thoughts, feelings, intuition, and sass because authenticity is not an option in my world. You know what else isn't an option? trusting your gut. If this appeals to you and you want to dive into your own abundant health journey, reach the hell on out to me. I'd love to hear from you. So let's get started. Welcome to episode 21. Happy Friday, lovies. Happy Friday. I think I like scheduling my podcast to publish on Fridays because there's nothing like the feeling of a Friday, even if your Friday's on a Wednesday. We all know what a Friday feels like. It feels like pre-COVID with 90s R&B blaring from your headphones, your favorite Starbucks drink ordered for you from your boss, snacks at your desk, and nobody is giving you shit at the end of the day because they too just want to go home. I want each new episode of this podcast to feel that good to you, truly and most dearly. Ain't nothing like a Friday, and neither is Deep and Roots podcast. (laughs) So before I began, I love new listeners. I love you, and I absolutely appreciate you. I'm also finding these listeners are playing my podcast while they're getting work done and hanging with the kiddos, and I'm all here for it. 
I do know I have explicit labels for the episodes that have cursing, though that's not always clearly labeled or noticed. And there is cursing in gut health because there is no emotional stuffing and gut healing. (laughs) Just saying. So if you're rightly sensitive about language around your children, you may just want to wait until the kiddos are asleep or not around to invite me into your living room, car, or wherever you play me. If you're not sensitive about language, then welcome aboard. Let's get to talking about gut health. So I am super excited about today's topic. Way too excited, actually, because today we are going to kick off the three-part series about specific diets and their variations. Back in episode 13, we discussed how the Latin term for dieta means parliamentary assembly and food allowance, while the original Greek term dieta means way of life. And this is why we're all confused because sometimes we look at diets as what foods and how much of these foods we will allow ourselves to ingest each meal each day. This brings on shame, emotional and physical stuffing or emotional and physical deprivation as punishment for eating foods with no nutritional value. This can lead to mental illness and eating disorders, body dysmorphia, The list goes on. It's a natural response to be told what to eat, what not to eat, to tell others what they should or shouldn't eat. It feels safe. It feels protective. We are all sometimes too afraid to think for ourselves for fear of making a huge misjudgment call. And it's like when you were a kiddo and you were told every two seconds to do this, don't do that. Hey, why didn't you think of this step already? And that's okay. That was my childhood too. The root of our dysfunction and basic programming and not enoughness is in our childhoods, no matter how amazing or dysfunctional our childhoods may be. And if you and you coped by developing personal and nutritional habits that fell around this dysfunction or basic programming, sure, maybe you were taught how to eat an actual balanced diet of proteins, fats, and carbs, but your childhood programming was wanting to be perfect for approval. So you withheld any thought, emotion, and and turn eating habits that didn't get you that approval. It's completely okay if that happened to you. What's not okay is telling yourself it's not okay. Why? Because not only is it unhealthy for your mental health, but as you've learned repeatedly in this podcast, dis-ease left unmanaged always turns into disease period. And that disease many times starts out as a ragged gut lining riddled with food intolerances, IBS, Crohn's, celiac, and the body's inability to absorb vitamins and minerals. Never mind that it can progress to other health issues regarding your heart, thyroid, insulin levels, adrenals, mental health, the list goes on. So when I talk about diets at any point ever in my existence as a health coach, I refer to diets as a way of life. It brings on a sense of personal power, intuition, and curiosity around what foods give you full and fuel and which foods take them away. And there are a couple of popular diets out there that adhere to the way of life a little more than others. One of those diets, if modified to meet your personal needs, is the paleo diet. What's the paleo diet, you ask? 
Well, it's short for the Paleolithic diet and references the time in humankind history where we as cavemen and cavewomen sharpened our pointy bones from animals we killed meant to be spears and we sharpened them with rocks and we lived in caves and we hunted and gathered during the you guessed it the paleolithic age that started 2.5 million years ago folks up until farming came along 10,000 bc with farming brought along foods that hadn't existed before then these foods included dairy products legumes grains coffee and eventually processed sugar Potatoes were available, but to jump ahead a bit, this isn't regarded as part of the original Paleolithic diet. So sure, you might have had goats to use for their meats, bones, milk, and cheese, but they didn't go all homesteader until 2000 BC, and you definitely weren't pasteurizing your milk around this time. Yet, it wasn't until the 1970s that a gastroenterologist named Walter Vogten uh, Vogt Lin birthed the paleo diet. He suggested that eating the way our paleolithic ancestors did could make us healthier because microwaves and microwavable meals that were packed with crap back in the day, um, you know, there was a lot of that. I mean, there's a lot of it now, but, you know, back in the day, <laughs> The FDA realized a couple of decades earlier, there's a lot of money to be made in putting preservatives in food to taste better because who doesn't love a good Twinkie or one of those cinnamon buns in a package you find in the vending machine that never stales and it's always gooey even when it's technically expired. Don't lie. <laughs> Don't you dare lie especially as a kid, you thought this was delicious. Oh, and fast food? Amazing. Everyone is addicted or is a recovering junk food addict. We are all in either spectrum and really who could blame us? It's already ready for you to eat. You can take it anywhere. And the food, and if food was ever a sin, I would greet Satan himself as long as he had one of those packaged strawberry shortcake things waiting just for me and some fast food chicken nuggets. Yes, horrible joke and it's not meant to offend, but rather paint a picture of how addicting food stuffed with preservatives really is. Nobody says that about kale or carrots unless they're dressed up in butter, extra virgin olive oil dressing, or something man-made in the form, uh, in some form to go with them. And that's what Walter surmised as well. And really, it didn't gain any steam until 2002 when Lauren Cordain wrote, The Paleo Diet, Lose Weight and Get Healthy by Eating the Foods You Are Designed to Eat. It sold 100,000 copies and just kept getting popular. So popular that even general physicians were prescribing it to help with the onset of health conditions such as diabetes, high blood pressure, and cholesterol well into the next decade. It really seemed to uh, hit its peak in early 2010s when CrossFit athletes started singing its praises. So much so that the CrossFit website explicitly states, even now, that they do not directly endorse the paleo diet. 
However, everyone's doing it. And in true CrossFit fashion, if one person does it, everyone else does. <laughs> Athletes started feeling energetic and nourished, PRing, and that definitely sets off a chain reaction. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've been in CrossFit, CrossFit before, and yes, I jumped on the pa paleo fan train but that was actually before CrossFit. However, when I was in CrossFit, yeah, everyone was paleo. But like with everything, there are some big time nasty haters of the paleo diet from random everyday people to doctors and nutritionists, especially because it's rather restrictive in its original form and you're not really getting as many carbs into your diet as you need to unless you modify it slightly because no potato other than sweet potatoes because potatoes contain a high glycemic index. Sweet potatoes, on the other hand, have the same amount of carbs, but they don't stay in your system quite like the almighty original spud. <laughs> So if you can't have grains or pasta on the diet and then you take away the amazing potato, you're missing out on nutrients and fuel that stays with you longer than other veggies. Oh, and the real kicker, no coffee. Like, shut the door, shut the front door, <laughs> no coffee. However, chicory root is allowed as a coffee substitute. And let's talk about meat. In the paleo diet, you can eat it, preferably grass-fed, though those on the paleo diet tend to go a little heavy on the meats, which not only provides more protein in your diet than metabolized or even needed, but it's horrible for the environment because so much goes into raising these animals to be slaughtered. However, the paleo diet boom of the 2000s came... Uh, with the paleo diet boom of the 2000s came people who felt the diet could be adjusted just a tad. Chris Kresser, the functional medicine guru I talked about in the last episode, did just that and the paleo cure and your personal paleo diet feel and look great by eating the foods that are ideal for your body. He takes the stand that eating strictly like a, a cave person is ridiculous, counterintuitive, and dangerous because it's so important to eat what feels right for you and your body type and to eat as balanced of a diet and micro and macronutrients as possible. If you have a food intolerance, don't eat it. If you don't have any effects from the foods you're eating on a paleo-based diet, eat away. So his version of the paleo diet adds in potatoes, raw dairy, meaning unpasteurized dairy, butter, and ghee, which automatically makes him my hero. <laughs> However, people gave him crap about that big time. Uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Oh, I do want to let you know, he said coffee, drink that copy and that also makes him my hero <laughs> so from my own personal experience i personally joined a facebook group of his um of his one time in my early stages of my gut journey and i found it fascinating i couldn't really eat many of the foods on the list at the time because 
Everything made my stomach scream in pain, but it made sense to me personally and is one of the reasons why out of all the fad diets, it's sticking around the longest. You actually can eat the foods on a modified version of the paleo diet and still get many of the nutrients needed to feel healthy and fuel your body, including vitamin D and calcium. So look at that, <laughs> which leads me to the AIP diet also known as the autoimmune paleo diet, which is meant to address underlying inflammation in the gut. If you've heard of the elimination diet, the FODMAP diet, the specific carbohydrate diet, the GAPS diet, the AIP diet serves the similar purpose of restoring your gut through taking out what causes inflammation and all common food intolerances. AIP has become a favorite for newly diagnosed for those who are newly diagnosed with autoimmune disease or a serious gut microbiome balance causing a multitude of disorders. The first stage of AIP is the toughest, eliminating what the paleo diet eliminates, uh, such as grains, legumes, dairy, potatoes, coffee, refined and processed sugars. However, the first stage takes it further and also eliminates seeds, nuts, nightshades, eggs, and pain medicine like Tylenol and ibuprofen. Because if your stomach is already weak, the idea behind it is to not have anything in your system to eat away at your gut lining. So this stage can last anywhere from 30 to 90 days, depending on where, when you start feeling relief from your symptoms. After stage one comes the reintroduction phase, where you take a small teaspoon bite of one food that you want to reintroduce, and then wait 15 minutes before taking another bite or, or so to see if you have any reactions. If you do have any reactions, stop eating it and avoid reintroducing anything new for five to six days. If you don't have any reactions, then wait five to six days before reintroducing another food. It's a tedious process, but if you're dealing with digestive distress or autoimmune disease, this is one temporary way of um, eating and it's shown to help. So tying this all together in terms of AIP, um, it's pretty important. Um, eliminate, elimination diets are meant to be temporary. <laughs> Repeating this again, elimination diets are meant to be temporary. I've personally experienced and noticed this in many other people that weakened gut health makes people scared. It gives them horrible side effects and or if you have horrible side effects and an autoimmune disease or two, people either clutch their Cheetos close to their chest and declare it will be their demise or they go the other way and go on a restrictive diet long-term that doesn't include a well-rounded list of foods with varying micro and macronutrients. Also, if you're taking herbal supplements to heal gut dysbiosis, leaky gut, candida, or SIBO, it can be super easy to get caught up in how much 
of or what supplement uh, or food to eat, what time and during which phase of the moon. <laughs> also, online groups are famous for this. Everyone is a doctor apparently, and everyone should be taking this supplement with this food or not this food, and it needs to be soaked first or you will ruin your life forever. It's a form of control to micromanage your nutrition because it's so normal to feel out of control when your body has other plans and isn't listening to your mind or your mind is melting so much that your body follows. You will naturally be anxious of everything you're putting into your body and doing, you know, and, and what you're doing to your body, like exercise or anything. So you will Google, 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 and you will want to know everything by yourself. However, if you are needing to eliminate anything from your diet, um, whether you go on AIP or some other elimination diet, please, please, please do not do this alone. You need to have medical and nutritional support from testing to action plans to dietary changes. No excuses. It's mentally emotionally, physiologically, and even spiritually taxing to undergo moderate to severe gut issues and autoimmune disease. You're going to feel broken and confused and defeated before you even feel better. And you just have to push. Those listening who've already dealt with this, you know what it's like. And I hope you know what it feels like to come out the other side, feeling better in every way imaginable, trusting yourself more, feeling proud you've stuck with it. I've started off this diet mini series with AIP and paleo diets because it's still popular and useful in their own ways when used for the right reasons. Sometimes you just need a quick restart so paleo can be a tool to get you there. And you can also adopt some paleo nuances. You don't have to adopt them all. There are tons of great recipes out there if you just want to dip your toe and make a paleo meal. Nobody's going to call the paleo police on you <laughs> if you're not adhering to it 100%. And it's not meant to be adhered that way. Through though it can bring out the restrictive tendencies you hold on to your life, your tendency to deprive yourself of joy, emotions, proper nutrition, even more so with AIP. So if you're trying something new or you have a clear and confident plan of how you want to achieve your health goals and one of these two ways of eating can get you there, have at it, but know it's not going to fix your life. Go at it from this approach uh, and um, it'll crack open all the other things in your life that you want to fix. And that's the same for becoming fanatical with any way of eating. You just need to make a balanced meal a priority for yourself always, eating protein, fat, and carbs at some capacity for every meal. That is so essential but there is no clear way of eating long-term. Rather, popular diets are meant to be seen and utilized in a way that serves you and you only. It takes guts to be brave and try something new, but you have to listen to your gut, regardless of what works for you.
Deep and Ruse podcast covers elements of my one-on-one 90-day program that is founded on the concepts of acting out of abundance instead of fear and going for what serves you. From time to time, I'll also cover what speaks to me, what's important in the moment, who's influenced my work, and even bring you interviews with like-minded business owners. I also encourage you to reach out and let me know what else you'd like me to talk about. What moves you? What speaks to you? What serves you? Also, don't be shy. Visit my Facebook and Instagram pages by searching under Deep and Roots Health Coaching. There, you'll be able to check out the coaching services I offer and book a complimentary wellness breakthrough session. Oh, and don't forget to join my newly reincarnated Facebook group named Busy Professionals Living with Gut Issues and Autoimmune Disease. I have weekly lives and conversations with the other group members that's more personal and interactive. Thank you so much for joining me and I will see you next time.